Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, I'm a disloyal person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. In a game of runs, Syracuse comes out on top as they avoid losing to the worst team in the ACC and another sweep to the season, a 75-67 win over Boston College. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. And the Orange hit the road to face Louisville this Wednesday at 6.30. We'll let you know what we think about that. Syracuse still sitting 53rd in the Ken Palm rankings, but they did drop a little in the net after the win, 49th to 52nd. So, currently... As of now, that's where they stand in the net. Right. Um, so, anyway, an exciting game. A little bit more exciting than I think it needed to be, I guess. <laughs> Shouldn't have been so exciting. How exciting, exciting it was. Well, you know, at, at the end of that game, and we'll get into that. But first, let's hear what Coach had to say after the win. They did a great job of moving the ball and really... Uh, getting the ball in some tough places. I thought the second half we did a little bit better job defensively um, in terms of uh, our defense and in terms of contesting their their three-point shooters. But, uh, you know, they they made some threes and they did some great things against us defensively. They pressured us really hard. Quincy didn't get going early. He's got to get going. You know, the second half, he, he got going on the boards. We've got a little bit of an advantage there, and we've got to be able to get it to him. Marek started slow and just, you know, he couldn't finish anything. In the second half, he got to the basket and finished, and we got to the foul line. But Joe saved us the first half. He was tremendous. Um, he just kept us in the game. We would have been behind eight or ten points at halftime uh, if it wasn't for Joe. I thought Allen had a good start. Then he tried to go when he didn't have it. He's still trying to learn when he's going and doesn't have it, what do I do? And he's he needs to make better decisions when he makes the move and doesn't have something. The first half, we really, Quincy was off his game, Kadari was off his game, and Joe really, and Marek was probably one of the worst offensive halves he's had this year. And Joe just carried us. He just put us on his shoulders and carried us in the first half. He was uh, he was tremendous. In the second half, he he looked for people, got them the ball, and really, you know, didn't look to to score because we were trying to get it inside and get to the foul line. 
Um, you know, John had a, a few practices. We changed the way we're defending the post, so John is a little bit better than the bigger guys at covering corners and uh, doing some things. I thought, you know, he just can't get involved in this altercation down there. Somebody pushed Allen, he got back, then John got, I mean, it was foolish. you got to walk away. We should have had a technical, and it should have been the end of it. And Allen and John engaged in that instead of walking away. That was a, a mistake, and they have to learn from it. But John gives us a little better presence on the, on the defensive end and covering things. And he's had good practices. Uh, Robert's had good practices. Robert tried to do things today that he shouldn't try to do, dribble the ball, and he charged twice. That's not his game. Well, first of all, we have 30,000 seats. I don't think there should have ever been a time this year that we didn't have 10 or 15, 20% of our fans in the building. I, I don't understand that. Uh, they're doing it all over the country. Uh, I don't. That I don't understand. You can space people out at least 10 feet and put, if it's a family pod or something, but you can space people out 10 feet just to get them in the building, just so they can come in the building. People that would maybe have better seats would be happy to be in the building for a game. I don't understand it. I've never understood it. I've never understood the whole thing with restaurants, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Me either. Amen to that. If there was ever an amen moment on the show, that's it. Amen. Because I haven't gotten that for quite some time. In fact, you know, maybe, I don't know, since mid-August last year. So it looks like uh, if everything goes good, looks like there should be fans there for the game against UNC at home. And also, uh, they're talking about putting another makeup game in at the end of the season after that game. So depending on where that is, if it's a home game, obviously, you get fans in there for that. So good news, good news, good news. So the best news that we could get anyway. So good thing our stadium's huge because, you know, 30,000, we get 3,000 people in there, right? That's the way I see yeah. it. So anyways... Um, that's all great. That's all great. The Coach Montage is brought to us by the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media, and that is Bet Online. Football's over. Pro basketball is here. College basketball, obviously, in full swing. NHL is doing its thing. And NASCAR starts today. Happy Daytona 500 Day to all of yeah. you. To all it's of you. It's going to get rained out. Uh, Why don't you just listen. say pro racing or pro hockey? You get to say all their other ones. Um, if pro hockey is called NHL. Joe and pro, pro racing is called, called NASCAR. I, 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 you're breaking up. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. So, Bet Online, they cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website today, use your mobile device, sign in, sign up, receive 50%. As a welcome bonus for your first deposit, use the promo code ARMCHAIR for that. That is 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code ARMCHAIR. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Okay, so, Joe, just chill. Okay, chill. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> the good. Well, anyone that knows me knows I'm all about the script jerseys, and they're the best. Hands down, I don't think there's an argument that can be made to convince me otherwise. So, good. 
Orange started the game 5 for 10 from the line before making 13 straight to finish the game, which was awesome. I was keeping an eye on that, and they got to the line quite a bit, which is also good. Joe with a game-high 16 points, adding 6 rebounds and 3 steals on the day. Uh, A good first half for him. Griffin followed him up with 14 and 8. In fact, the starting five all ended up in double figures, shooting 45% from 3 and 48% from the field. Um, And another game-winning battle on the boards, plus 4 at the end of the day. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. The bad. 17 turnovers for Syracuse. This could have been in the ugly, by the way, and I debated it, but I didn't have anything else to put here because I put something else in the ugly. Uh, The 17 turnovers, many unforced. Uh, Buddy got pickpocketed a couple times, ended up on the floor, tried to fight back and get it, but he lost both of those battles. Uh, Up up by 12 coming down the last two minutes of the game. Three straight turnovers uh, in, in ensuing possessions, resulting in six points for Boston College. They cut the lead to six, and it looked like uh, it could have been uh, ugly. So uh, they're, you know, they're going to have to clean this up as we head towards the last, what, five, six games of the season. Uh, they're not going to be able to win games like that against the uh, competition that is slated ahead. The ugly Boston College, nine for 31, 29% from distance. Pretty ugly, and I'm just glad... Um, that we're not talking about, you know, Syracuse's shooting for the past two games. It's been pretty good. So I'll take that. Joe, a sloppy game at times, but Syracuse responded every time BC threatened to take the lead or even cut into it uh, significantly. But with Louisville, Notre Dame, Duke, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina, as I said, and maybe a possible makeup game in there, you know, hopefully, um, they're not going to be able to play that sloppy and to pull out a win, um, heading heading down the stretch. So now maybe you can make an argument that you know, well, they're playing a little bit more loose because it's Boston College and Joe trying to be a little cute with the pass and you know things like that. But seventeen <laughs> Quincy. Quincy, I mean, and just um, you know, it's yeah. too too much, too much. What do you think? Quincy immediately coming out after he tried to throw that behind the back pass that went off his heel. Went off his heel. Like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Just two, uh, just just dumb mistakes, avoidable things, things they probably yeah. don't do against, you know, Notre Dame, Louisville, Duke, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's you knew how bad Boston College was. They only won three games, right? We understand this coming in, so you just want to see. These are one of those games where you. Have, you're not nervous, but you're, you just want to see them play good and you hope that nothing crazy happens. And they just, they still allowed it just to stay on that cusp. And I think yeah. that this game, when you watch this as a Syracuse fan, you're like, okay, yeah, we won, but it left uh, a little bit to be desired. Like you wanted to see a little bit more out of that, I feel like. And um, we really didn't. So again, uh, we just got to take and continue to take the one game approach. Uh, but we just continue to make things more difficult for us, for ourselves. Uh, just not passing the ball around, settling for bad jumpers. There's a couple, uh, little at times when we did that a couple possessions in a row, you know, with Kadari and some and Alan Griffin, uh, which I mean, we had five players in double figures and Kadari, it seemed like when he was driving and doing what he, we know he could do, he was actually playing well. It's just, again, they just made it a little bit more difficult. I think we started hitting early because Boston College started the game in a zone, and then they ended up coming out and playing, uh, you know, really aggressive man to man. And I think that that kind of messed us up when that happened. But we ended up figuring it out, getting it down to Quincy, and um, again, everybody contributed. 
but you just I feel like you just you wanted uh you wanted to see a little more there. I wanted to see a little more. Yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more. I didn't think it was going to be that close. And by exciting, when I said exciting earlier, I meant that coming down those last two minutes with the three turnovers back to back to back, you know, and they in Boston, here comes Boston College with the momentum. I'm just like, come on. I mean, there wasn't a really a point in time where I thought, you know, Syracuse is going to blow this, but I mean, it didn't look good. Yeah, <laughs> it was no. a possibility. And, and with the fouls, right? The foul yeah. trouble. So Griffin was out for a little while, and you know, Kadari made some mistakes. And then when you're Mark bringing in Braswell, with- Braswell made some mistakes. I mean, he played six minutes, had three turnovers, so can't really do that. And then you know, you see John Baljak come in, and you're like, okay. So I mean, just some things that we normally wouldn't, um, we normally wouldn't see in a close game that we're just that we're worried about. So. He subbed a little bit more, but obviously all the starting five got 30 minutes, and obviously Joe was playing um, playing well, so that's why he played more than Gadari. Uh, so yeah, like I said, good overall win. Don't like the turnovers. Uh, we still are right there with the steals blocks and obviously out-rebounding them, um, and we shot at a pretty high percentage. Again, our free-throw shooting is uh, it's good to know that when we do get in position at the end of the games that our free-throw shooting is good enough to to kind of seal the deal. Yeah, Syracuse shooting, I believe it's still 79% as a uh, team for the year. And they were sitting at 5 and five out of 10 there. And I was just wondering, you know, you know, is, it, are they gonna, is this going to get better? I mean, what's going to happen? Are they going to blow it? And they hit them all at the right time. Those 13 in a row were all right towards the end of the game. They were yeah. all within the first, last five minutes. And by the way, Mark played with four fouls for quite some time, too. I believe it was even over five minutes. Yeah. So, some, you know, and you're thinking, you know, five minutes is a lot of time on a, on a clock for basketball. Yeah. And, and, and anything can happen. And so I'm just, you know, you don't want to lose to the worst team in the ACC. And um, we <laughs> didn't. We didn't. And that's all, yeah. we, that's all we had to do. It, it didn't, wasn't pretty. It was sloppy yeah. at times. But that's no, all we had to do. It, was, it was a different game plan too. If you, when you remember when we beat them the first time, when we scored over a hundred points, didn't we hit like sixteen threes, like sixteen out of thirty-one or something ridiculous? Like it was. Um, but now you see it's a team where uh, we've been shooting less threes. We've been trying to you know try to drive and, and get to the free throw line and score in different ways to set up open three pointers. And when you look at this game, obviously Jim, Jim Christian didn't want, uh, he wasn't going to allow us to shoot the threes like we did last time. Um, so that's why we had to kind of go to driving and, and getting the two pointers and getting it down to other people and moving the ball around. And that's, I think why we, you know, that's part of the game that we still need to, to work on. But I mean, we only went five for 11. We only shot 11 threes yesterday. So, yeah. It's probably a season low, and uh, we still hit five of them. And again, it just proves that when you can actually score and drive and get it down low, then it just opens up good looks out there. So uh, we just need to work at it more. And um, sixteen to thirty-one against Boston College first time around. Yeah. So. Yeah, five and for eleven yesterday. Right. You know. So, but we out rebounded them, and again, that's usually one of the main. Uh, targets that we look for. I don't think we've lost a game where we've won the rebounding battle this year. So. No, we haven't, and that's two in a row uh, winning the battle there. And like back to what uh, Captain Patrick says, you know, if we keep it close, we're in any of these games. You know, 
And we've gotten crushed by 17 a couple times, once against UNC, once against Clemson. And yeah. obviously the Clemson game was a disaster, but the UNC game was actually pretty close. We actually had we actually had a shot to to win that game, even as bad as the the rebounding uh, was. So, right. And that was at North Carolina. So, what do you think about uh, coach talking about, you know, hey, our game They've changed their game plan. I mean, it's been it's been clear, but it's what they do the best this year so far, and that is to try to drive, get to the rim, and create a situation where you're putting some guys in foul trouble and get them a little get them a little paranoid about playing you tough. But it's difficult to do when um, you don't know what's going. You don't know what's going to be a foul and what's not from like minute to minute. It's very difficult. I can't imagine to play basketball at this level and not know what where your line is and and, and just the, having things be so inconsistent. And I'm not saying that we got hosed in any way cuz I mean I saw a lot of stuff on both sides and you know I feel like we got a couple we got away with a couple Boston College I feel like it was fair in that sense just inconsistency yeah. though. I mean it's really tough to watch. Yeah, that's <clears throat> when you come in game to game right as as a team, there's always going to be a kind of a feel out period. And you just hope that really what you do is you just hope that the refs, that they're going to set the standard early on what's going to be a, a call and what's not going to be a call. And then you just hope that they stay consistent. Uh, I think what you saw yesterday was uh, a group that they weren't on the same page. They weren't on the same page. I think that they were missing calls, which then again was turning into makeup calls. Yes. And when you're going back and forth, trying to, trying to kind of, Appease everybody. Be, yeah. yeah, you're making it, it even based upon yeah. calls made or calls missed or yeah. bad calls. It's confusing um, to, to everybody. It can definitely be confusing. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. kind of what. So, what that kind of was yesterday. So, right. So, anyways, all right. It's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, what's up, everybody? You know what to do at the end of every game. Ask for your thoughts on the game. You give them. We talk about them here. So with that said, let's have at it. Um, you know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff, a lot of different things. Okay, so we'll get, I'll get to as much as this, as, of this as I can. There was a couple long ones, and I'll do my best with those. So uh, Steve on Facebook says, BC played hard, gave all poor quality officials, made it difficult to play and watch. ACC deserves better officials. Overall, good effort by team. Good to see different people in. Still hopeful. Okay. Steve with some positivity. Yeah, we talked about the refs. Yeah, the ACC needs, needs to get together. and need to figure that out, okay, as a whole. Because it's not something that's a one-off, unfortunately. Uh, mm. Seems to be... I mean, it seems to be... And you, if you want to be picky, you could, you could, you know, just like with any game. But seriously, you know, the ACC, <laughs> we... we Come on, we we talk about it enough. So, anyways, uh, yet BC yeah. did play hard. When you lose as much as Boston College, uh, you you're coming into games, you know, with probably a little bit more pep in your step. They we we killed them last game, one hundred one to sixty three. Yeah. So I mean, they're out for they're out for revenge. It didn't happen, but it was close enough to make you. Um, to make you pucker up a little bit. So, uh, mm-hmm. good effort, sloppy. Anyways, uh, Mahir, top fan on Facebook. 
I'm going to get some crap for saying this, but I don't like that performance. Well, I agree. I think the performance sucked. So um, overall, if I had to grade it, it'd be like a C. Um, BC played hard. I think they gave Cuse everything they had. One can argue that a game like this is good to tough it out, but I really wish we had the chance to see Jesse or Woody today. Uh, I eat crow. Gerard looked looked like his freshman self. Great to see that. Really weird game. Somehow Q scored 75. Also hope Griffin continues to be a leader on this team with his play. A win is a win, and it moves them up in the standings. Well, a win over a team like that actually did not help them much at all. In fact, they moved back in the net. So, uh, But that was one where you lose, and you're going to drop. You're definitely gonna. You're gonna take. You're gonna take ten spots in the net, probably. Yeah, that That was just. That was one of those you can't lose games if you want to be taken seriously when it comes time for bubble talk. Uh, We we knew that and we took care of business. Like I said, I'm right there with you here. You know, like I said, you you want if you're gonna be a tournament team and you want to feel good about your team, then you want your team to come out and kind of win a little bit more handily than we did. But you know, you just can't have those lazy spells that we had of lazy defense and um, lazy passing ball handling, you know, being not being strong with the ball, those kind of things. Uh, you just can't do that against good teams. Like you said, like the teams that are coming up uh, that we're going to be playing here shortly. You can't, you can't do that against those teams and expect to win. Um, he really, he said he really wished we had a chance to see Jesse or Woody today. Uh, you Jesse noted, was in there for a minute. What's that? Jesse, Jesse was Wood- in there for a minute. A minute, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. a minute. You saw him. Uh, well, you heard Coach say, you know what the, what they've what they've changed up on defense uh, fits John Boljak a little bit better. And had had Boljak not gotten into the little kerfuffle that was down there with Alan Griffin, uh, you know, you might have in what's his name Heath. Yeah, uh, if he would not gotten involved in any of that, he you might have seen a little bit more of him. But you know, you, you get in there for you know two minutes, and, and that happens, and coach is going to yank you, plain and simple. Yeah. So I don't know what you expect out of that. Uh, Alex must win, and we got it. Kind of feel like Gerard was playing for his minutes, so he had to he had a spark under his ass. Well, that's quite possible. I mean, the kids hear the rumors too, right, Joe? And plus, they know. I mean, let's be honest; they just know. They're no. the ones playing the last the game. two games. The last two games, Kadari's played more than you, and you're the starter. So yeah, uh, you want to go in there and obviously play good and better so that you can stay out there longer than the other guy, right? I mean, that's right in the game, right? And he didn't really. He he might have forced one, but you know, still at the end of the day, not the way he had been uh, earlier in the year, and even maybe a few games ago, a little bit more controlled for Joe. Oh, I think it's a lot more. I think that he forces some every once in a while but like everybody's gonna do that though shooters now are gonna it's like do that. now it's at a point where it's pretty much just like once a game yeah like it's like he he's kind of like yeah. in a little in a little groove in a little rhythm maybe he's had some nice plays you know back to back had some points and feels it and he's feeling it and then he takes that shot and it ends up being bad and then he looks over and Bayheim gives him that look and he's like all right if i do that again i'm coming out yeah exactly so 
Um, and, and to piggyback on that, Matt says, Joe carried us the entire first half, really had a nice game, and our defense is literally better with any combination other than our starting lineup, which is sad. Kadari comes in for Griffin, move Buddy to the three, that's better. Literally any. And then he, he goes on to say, Sean had, had, has a chance to redeem himself because I want to point out that as soon as BC gets back to Boston, you guessed it, probably going out to eat, which is reference to... So the la- the last time he mentioned that, and you and I were like, "Well, I don't get it. I don't get it." Well, he he sent me the the link. That was when that senior. I don't remember his name, man. Remember Boston College's year? They went like seven and no, twenty five. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they lost the first round of the ACC championship. And uh, they asked the dude, "What what are you gonna miss most about college?" <laughs> He did break down crying, and he said, "Going out to eat." So, yeah. so hey, look, look, you could you could still go out to eat, bud. It's okay. So, anyways, uh, pretty funny. Uh, let's see. All right, Jesse. Jesse has written a book. Jesse, top fan on Facebook. He has written a book, and that's fine. But I'm just gonna sum it up. He says, "I got a thought. I got thoughts in a question." And basically, oh wait, hold on one second. Go. Let's go back to Matt's real quick. Sorry. Because I wanted to mention this. Um, the defense is literally better with any combination other than our starting lineup, which is sad. So, I mean, there's truth to that, right? So, and Buddy at the three looks good. So, we, look, Kadari, we know Kadari's pretty much our best defender in the top of the two, three zone. So, yep. yes, our defense is automatically better when he, he gets in there, regardless of how they shuffle around the rest of the players. Yep. And he's averaging yes. two steals a game. With with the minutes he's playing right now, so that's right. pretty that's pretty good. Um, problem is you got five starters that all average double digits and yeah, all scored in double digits, and that's our best scoring lineup for the most part normally. Right, you got Griffin and Griffin and Quincy right there with uh, fifteen point eight for Griffin, fifteen point five for Quincy. So uh, Jesse, he says he's got a thought thoughts in a question. And it's really long, but I'm going to sum this up, Joe, and I want to get your thoughts. He said he was really hoping to see something he hadn't seen before. Um, a, we are 1-4 against good teams this year. Rutgers, Virginia, Virginia Tech, UNC, and Clemson. Uh, what are we currently doing probably won't help us beat good teams, which we will be seeing the rest of the way. And what he says is, what he goes on to say is, you know, he was hoping to see some type of, uh, you know, Beheim the chemist and get in there and switch some things up and um, see what he's got to just play around with the last type, you know, the last easier game of the season, which would make sense. And what I would say is it makes sense. Okay. I wouldn't, I mean, it would be nice. Yes. But is there like specifics they, in there. They never got ahead enough to really play around. In my opinion, it was always, you know, well, what are we playing around? What do you mean? With like, the lineup, talking about? with the lineup. With the lineup, the lineups don't really don't really change except a quick cameo from role players. I was really hoping to see Buddy and Joe off the floor together for the first time this season for two minutes, even if they were having a good game. I think this team could have made the tournament and potentially been a very tough out, but it's easy to prepare for Qs if what we are doing isn't working and we're not adjusting in a real way. That's so. That's what he's saying. I don't know what what you would have liked to have seen, but I mean, obviously Sounds this. Like he... li- well, we know. We, I know where Jesse stands. You know where Jesse stands. I mean, he wants to see Kadari star. He's one of those, and that's fine. He wants. Well, he wants to see what it looks. And he like wants to see Kadari. the centers. Kadari and Griffin up top. 
Yes. At the, the top of the 2 3 zone. And Buddy with, and Quincy. And then. No. He just said with Quince, with Buddy and Joe off the floor at the same time. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah. then anybody else down low, you're going to have Quincy and you're going to have Marek. And it's whether or not you have. Well, obviously, if Sidibe can play or if you think John Boljak can come in, then you can stay big. And also, there's a situation where you can throw a Braswell in there and keep Doljai in the middle. So I understand where he's coming from with seeing something different. If that's yeah, I guess about the only be, thing that that's about it. the only thing that we have available that's different. I mean, I think that there's a clear line drawn in the sand as far as like <clears throat> I don't know what people are going to expect from like Jesse Edwards, John Boljak, even a Braswell, and even a Woody Newton at this point. Um, I just I wouldn't expect anything. If Braswell's got to come in and play four five minutes and hopefully play some defense and and hit a shot or something, then that's one thing. But I mean, there's a clear line in the sand as far as who's talented enough to play double digit minutes, and it goes about six deep unless Sadibi's healthy. Yeah, which you know we're probably not going to see this year. So, yeah, right. So really the only thing, the only way that we can really, the only way I could see that possible to see what Jesse wanted was Kadari and Griffin up top with uh, Marek and Quince. Did I say Quincy or Griffin? Mom? You said Kadari and Griffin, Kadari and Griffin up top right. with Quincy and Marek and a Braswell down low. Right. But we had too many people in foul trouble yesterday to do that. Mark got in foul trouble. That's why you saw John Boljot coming for two minutes and then Jesse Edwards coming for one. And then Griffin was in foul trouble. So I think that's probably the main reason why you would had you you weren't gonna see that yesterday, but also that, who knows if that's even really in the in the mix. That right? and I think we know what we got. I mean, we gotta remember too, and I know it's hard because we haven't seen it, but coach knows what he's got. I mean, they do practice. And so he does see it. So he does know what what we have. And he does right. know what's going to work. Early in the season, that's when you play around with this stuff. And we always see him doing it. And once you kind of get into, especially, you know, with this year, conference play just was like, boom. You know, we're like, oh, there we are. We're, we're playing uh, conference ball now. This is it. So right. once you once you get into that, there's no, there's really not a whole lot of playing around unless you see something right. in practice that's going to make a big difference. And like he said, he did. they did have change the defense around a little bit to suit more of a Boljak. Um, and I think that I don't know if that's new or old, but that's definitely probably something they realized when, you know, I don't like it. You don't like it. I think it's telling. In what way? That uh, you're going to make an adjustment on your defense so that you can get somebody else to play. I mean, I, that pretty much gives me the comp. All, it tells me what confidence he has in being able to rely on uh, Barama. Uh, oh well, that was what I was about to say. Was that I don't know how how recently they came up with that game plan, but obviously it was because they just feel like that he's not going to be able to finish out the season. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, is, feel, I feel like we've which, come to terms with that, though. Right. Which is tough for me because realistically, again, coming into this year with what Barama did last year, I, I was just so excited. I know. You know That's a that would have been that would have changed everything because it would have been Barama in the middle with a three forward lineup with Quincy, Marek, and Griffin, and then a three guard lineup with Buddy Joe and Kadari. You go seven deep, 
He wouldn't adds, really have to worry about any of the other guys, right? Yeah, he adds a ton. He adds a ton to what you could put, what you could have on the floor. So this has been us trying to figure it out without a true big man this year. Yeah, and it looks like you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to go ahead and make an adjustment and do something different something. to. You got to do something different to um, have at least something for the end of the year. You got two tournaments coming up. Um, you know, yeah. and you got to do something. And so well, that's I what think, I think it was a situation where Beheim was hoping that Barama was going to be able to come back yeah, and that, you know, they weren't going to have to rely on one of the other bigs to have to have to play. And now I think seeing with where Barama was after playing one game with 10 minutes and how his knees were sore, uh, that he's seeing that he has to do something because with the lineup that we have, we could play good. We could win some games, but when it comes down to tournaments and playing like real talent, um, we're not going to beat those teams because we're going to get out rebounded and we're going to lose. And that's pretty much what we've proven. Right. All right. We will be right back with the second half of Jesse's comment and the rest of the comments and uh, a look ahead to Louisville right after this. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. 
But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, one more thing before we get started back up. Bat Online, the title sponsor for Cuse Militia and Armchair Media. Book, college basketball, full swing, NHL in full swing. NASCAR starts off as going to be in full swing today. Where do you go? Where do you bet? Go to Bet Online. They cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So go over there today. Use use your mobile device. Go to their website. Sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use the promo code ARMCHAIR, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. By using the promo code ARMCHAIR, Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet online. Okay, so back to Jesse real quick. He has a question, and you know, is it hyperbole? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You tell me, Joe. Why would Kadari want to stay at Cuse another year? He is better than than who he is playing behind, and is continuing not continually not getting the minutes Joe gets. Kadari could actually be an NBA player, but won't be, but won't be averaging less than 20 minutes. He isn't getting time to develop in games like this or cupcakes at the beginning of the season. And he goes on and he makes a, a case. He compares them to Michael Carter Williams again, and which are similar numbers. And so, well, look, what, what's your response to that, Joe? I'll piggyback off of what you say. Uh just the fact that obviously you, everybody knew that Joe and Buddy was going to be the starters coming in this year, and I think that Kadari has grown. He's grown leaps and bounds, and obviously gotten to the point where if he's playing good, then he's going to get right around Joe, what Joe's getting. Uh, and realistically, I just think that as long as he works hard, then he's going to be able to be the starter next year. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously Jim Beheim's not going to. I mean, he's, he's not going to hold somebody back from... He's not going to hold somebody back just because he wants to hold them back or he, he thinks one way or another or he's too young or, or whatever. Well, I would say this. The past two games, he's gotten, what, 25 minutes and 28 minutes. And he was playing really good. Yesterday, he didn't play as good. And Joe was playing good. Right. So I don't know, you know, if... There's going to be games where he gets those minutes. There's going to be games where he doesn't. And it's just going to that's that's called sports. You know, it just that's just how it works. He's not the quarterback, you know, so it's a little bit different and that's how it's going to work. Next year, this kid's going to ball out next year. And you know, we're going to be able to you know, we we don't know what next year looks like yet. You you still have a possibility of a Mark coming back, of a Sadibi coming back. 
Right. And and this team will be what we wanted this year, but better. And that's a possibility, right? So and yeah. now we know what we've got with Kadari. And also, you you know, you heard coach, we played it in the, earlier in the year when he's talking about Woody and he's told Woody, he's like, This is a free year. This is a free year. You got next year to to really start developing. So we're gonna see more Woody. I know people are calling for Woody, 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 but obviously he's not ready. Otherwise he'd be playing guys. That's the thing. I mean, coach isn't going to hold you back if he thinks you can contribute and help, help this team win. There's no way that right. no, no coach will do that. Right. So, and then obviously too, it's Kadari Richmond. Don't get me wrong. He was a high, I mean, he was a, a good recruit, but he's not a five-star McDonald all American. Like I'm coming to your school to start kind of guy. You know, I don't, I don't know who he is kind of personally. He seems like a quiet kid. Um, and obviously he's coming in and he's competing and you can see it. I saw it a couple times uh, yesterday when Kadari was in, but Joe was handling the ball and, and, and he made a mistake and coach was like yelling for Kadari to like Kadari, like yell for the ball, ask for the ball. Yeah. Like he wants when Kadari's in there, he wants him to be the floor general. He knows he knows he has it in him. It's just, he has to, he still has the confidence issues and he still has, certain situations where he's got to understand that, hey, they're giving you that jumper for a reason and you're going to have to work on your jumper and you're going to have to work on just overall confidence and just being a, a team leader uh, because that's what they need. And you can see Jim trying to push it and just tell him, you know, because like I said, there was a specific play yesterday. I forget the exact mistake that I think that was the pass. Remember the pass that went between Kadari and Buddy and it's and it, it was Joe was coming down and he passed it and it just went completely out of brown, bounds and like slammed against yeah. the backboard or the board on the side. Yeah, that was Joe's like, pass. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was after that when you see that, like you look at Jim or whatever, and then they showed him and he yelled at know, them both. Was, he yelled at Joe and he yelled at Kadari. Well, he yelled thing. at Joe, but he, when he yelled at Kadari, he said, "Kadari, you're the one with the ball. Yell for the ball. <laughs> yeah. Scream for the ball. Like right. so, like you're the point guard. When he's in there, he's the guy. So even you can see even in that situation, Jim thinks." that he's the floor general. He's the leader. He's the point guard. Yes. When Joe's in there and Kadari's not, then he is. But obviously that's to me, that's pretty telling too. And I, I've always talked about how I think that Joe <clears throat> plays a little bit off better off the ball as a shooting guard. And if we can get the, you know, year advancement as far as from freshman to, to sophomore and he can get that confidence and everything. I, I think that there's no doubt he's our starting point guard next year because Jim can see it. And to have Joe and buddy come off the bench switching on and off shooting guard and sometimes even playing them both with Joe, uh, with buddy down at the three. So there's options there, but uh, just right now it doesn't seem like he has the confidence or consistency. He can come and he can play hell, hell of defense in the top of that two, three zone, but there's still some freshman things that, is, is not allowing him to kind of be exactly who Jim needs him to be. Yeah, and he just didn't wasn't making the impact yesterday that he normally does, and I mean, that's going to happen. So um, he still played, what, 15 minutes? So yeah. He still almost got a I don't think he's, he's not going to transfer. I mean, he's... Well, that, oh, that was the other thing. He's not, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. At the, if, at the end of the year, you're you're averaging over playing half the game. You're not going to. You're and not. You're, gonna and you're and you're only going to go up from there. You've already developed a relationship and camaraderie with these guys, and you know, I just don't I just don't see it. I'm not that worried about it. I might be worried about some maybe a couple other people, but I'm not worried about that one. Plus, I'm not worried about Jim and the coaches telling him. Making him, making sure he knows their plans for him. 
Like, oh, we have yeah. plans for you. You're just not there yet, right? Like right. that's why there you always see him coaching up on the, on the sidelines, and he's out there, um, or he's not starting, and he's he's on the sideline, kind of trying to dissect what's going on with the other teams doing, and then trying to get him a coaching head start before he gets in there. So there's still some things that he needs to learn, but you can definitely see that once he gets that the rest of whatever he's missing as far as you know the jumper and confidence and and yeah, once uh, he finds his shot, forget Ooh. it. And we thought he yeah. did. We well, because he... you see what happens when he gets the confidence and he gets on the floor. He's, he just makes play after play after play. Yeah, but then it looks like relentless. all all it takes is one mistake for him to just shoot him right back down. Yeah. At one Kev Nash on Twitter with his top five. I give him the shout out because he does the top five. It's like his thing. So one, glad to see a hot first half from JG three. Too many turnovers, number two. Three, sneaky good game from Griffin. Four, huge opportunity on Wednesday. Five, I'll take it. Go Cuse. So two things. Well, three, too many turnovers. We touched on that. Griffin was quiet, and then you look at the stat sheet, and you're like, well, you know, he did a really good job. He did. He did. I mean, I think Ken Palm had, had Stefan Mitchell as the MVP, but, you know. Really? Yeah, his offensive rating was 145. So, and, and, and when you do the offensive rating things, and I don't know how, I don't know. I just know the higher the number, the better. And I also know that 100's decent. So, you only had Alan, or Quincy, I mean, uh, out of, you know, below 100 at 93. And we haven't seen that a lot. We usually see, we usually see, you know, a couple of them. I mean, Joe's been as low as like a 40 or something before. So, um, yeah. But um, he, Griffin had a good game. I mean, he's a solid player every day. And like Coach said, he just needs to work on w- what to do in certain situations instead of panicking or trying to do something that is out of his uh, out of wheelhouse. <laughs> out of his wheelhouse in a sense that maybe the position he's in. I'm not talking about talent. But maybe the position right, right, that right, he's right. in, in, in what, where he is on the court. So, and also, huge opportunity on Wednesday. Yes, we will get into that. We'll get into that. And uh, Kev's going to take the win. At Tony Staffieri on Twitter. Before folks make, make the mistake of using the phrase, they played down to their competition, be reminded good teams don't care how good or bad opponent, the opponent is. They compete for 40. And I responded to this one. It's one of the first ones I saw. So I responded yesterday. And I, I think that Syracuse did play hard the whole game. I don't feel like they played down to their competition. I just feel like they were sloppy. And that's my opinion. Yeah. I don't feel like they right. played down to their competition. They shot the ball really good. They did have some lulls on, on, on defense mostly. But they, um, they got on the boards good. They just turned the ball over way too much. Bottom line. Yeah. I mean, they don't no, turn, Like they, I said, they made things more difficult for themselves. Yes, they did. They're their own worst enemy most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> By just being nonchalant or lackadaisical or not strong with the ball, or you just take bad shots because, oh, um, hey, we're up 14 and I'm making everything. So I'm just going to take this shot or take, just keep doing what you just keep practicing, you know, you know, keep practicing your craft as a team, moving the ball around and getting easy baskets. But when, you know, well, yeah, yeah, when they move the ball, try to do too much. Yeah, when they move the ball and they get they were getting inside, like most notably against NC State in the last game, it was really that's really good. 
they do, and they've done. They did it a lot in the beginning of the year too, actually, where they were really, yeah. moved, really good at moving the ball. And then they just, just, just. There was a stint of a few games where they were relying on the three, and I think you know you have to go through some of that sometimes to realize, okay, it's not really our thing, and this is our thing. And it was good to hear yeah. coach say, you know, our thing is is driving the ball and getting to the line because we've talked about that. And obviously, I think, and I'm not saying we're smarter than the next. I think that everybody can see it. But, you know, it's just good to see, to, to, to hear him say that and know that, you know, that's their, that's, that's their game plan going forward. Yeah. So it gives me a little confidence. Yeah. Got to know your strengths and set them up. That's right. At DVCon, Beheim inexplicably hates Kadari Richmond. So I think that's the worst take I've seen all season. He doesn't inexplicably hate Kadari Richmond. That's dumb. That's dumb. His argument, and I said something back, or I quoted the tweet, and he said, well, explain to me why he didn't put him in the last 10 minutes of the game. And two things can be true at the same time, Joe. He could have maybe would have, should have put him in at the, at the, at towards the end of the game there. Or, and, or, and, um, he does not hate him. So I agree that maybe there should have been a Kadari Richmond on the floor towards the end of that game, especially after Buddy uh, had a couple issues with the ball handling, to say the least, um, mm-hmm. in in a, in clutch moments of the game. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. I just disagree with the 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 takes from Syracuse fans that Beheim wants to hold Kadari back, or that he doesn't like him. Or that he, he, Beheim's just too stupid and can't coach, and that's why Kadari doesn't play as much. I just think it's dumb, and that's the worst way to put it. So I figured I'd point that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go ahead and just say no comment because I don't want to get too angry. But that's really, really dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. I mean, look, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't understand. All the negativity coming out of this game against Boston College being a win, which is all we had to do, and it was played a little sloppy. And and how we can't just be like, oh man, you know, uh, be like like Hughes Waterboy. It, it's it was an ugly win, but it it was a win, and I'll right. take it. And that at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. See, my whole thing is is that it's like I don't even know. <clears throat> I don't want to speculate. You know, but obviously you have the temperature of the world now and what happens on social media and everything like that. So I'm not going to speculate on personal um, comments because obviously there's many, many fans that think this and everything like that. But um, Jim Beheim is going to do what he has to do to win games. He doesn't care if he has to sit his son. He doesn't care if he has to sit Joe. He doesn't care. Like he's going to do what he thinks he has to do. So this whole like just perception that he would put the team play Buddy more right. or start Joe over Kadari because he doesn't like him or for any other reason that I'm not going to speculate. Like again, it's a situation where it's ridiculous. Jim Beheim is a coach that wants to win, and he's proven nothing over all of his years that he is going to play the players that he thinks gives them the best chance to win. Right, and you just got to trust him. And yeah, he's old. Okay, well, he's, he, he just while he's here, I think he knows what he's but, doing. But again, it's because it's his son. Now it's oh, he's playing his son because what? Like he's gonna do what he needs to do to win the game. Yeah, at the end of the bottom day. line. Yeah, 
I'm not a North Carolina fan, North Carolina State fan. When I talk to these guys at work, and I'm like, yeah, these guys, they just they hate on Buddy, some of them. And some of these fans, they, they think that the coach plays them all you know, too much because he's his son. And this is, and every single one of them like, I'll take him on my team. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like the going back to the Gerard thing when we talk about, you know, how bad, if you remember his senior year in high school before he made his decision, how bad Syracuse fans wanted Joe. And how what a hot commodity he commodity he was coming into that year, and we get him, and now like I just see people trashing him. Which look, fans, I feel like fans have a right. He's to not say, in this year. That was so, he was so twenty twenty. <laughs> he was so twenty twenty. He was so twenty twenty. Like the stonewashed jeans, those are coming back. Maybe Joe. Maybe Joe will come back. He was so twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one's Kadari. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think fans have a right to say whatever the hell they want. I mean, they buy the product, they buy the tickets, they they purchase the merchandise, and I don't have a problem with it. It's just when it gets ignorant like that, like you know, it's just dumb. I think it's dumb. Do it like this. At if not now, when 84, first half much cleaner than the second. I would have liked to see Kadari and Robert Braswell in the second half more, but at least it's a W. That's okay. Great. Okay. That's fine. Every fan's going to have their fan favorites that they want to see more. Right. Well, Kadari was, like I said, man, I want to see Kadari too. I would have liked to seen him in the last five minutes of that game, but we didn't. There's a couple times where I could have. I was. I said it. Oh, yeah. Here comes Kadari, but then nothing. Right. At, but at the end of the day, we won. Exactly. At K Nabiwaniak had a feeling this would be a close one. All you can do is take the win and move on. Nice first half from Joe, but him and Buddy are scary when pressured. Where was Kadari in the second half? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they are you just, doing this we, on purpose? No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just how it ended up. So. Besides the Kadari thing, uh, Joe and Buddy, yeah, when they're pressured, Buddy, man, uh, yeah, it's me. it scares you too. Okay, it scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he, we need to clean that up. And they do a good job breaking the full court, but when they get into the half court, it's like it's just it's scary. It's scary, and they move too fast. I think sometimes for for their own good. So which is the point? Yeah. Of, which is the point of that? Right. So it works, um, you know, but uh, that that's it for fan feedback. I want to thank all of you for partaking in such and we'll do it again after Louisville. So uh, appreciate all of you who did that. Uh, one more thing before we uh, hit up Louisville, Joe. Three. What? No, it's left three Daytona. Is it? It's on? Yeah. Joe's holding up his three. Okay. Yeah. Proud of you. Proud of you for that. I was going to say something about the rumor. Should I, Joe? Should we? Real quick. Eh. Bef- huh? No? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think so. It was a social media rumor. Okay, well, we'll leave it be. It was a social media rumor. I mean... Well, we got to talk I about think... it now. Quickly, quickly. I'll do it. <sighs> I'll, I'll make this quick. So, Joe saw somewhere on social media that, that, that someone had said... Uh, Woody Newton scrubbed all of his Syracuse stuff off his social sites. Okay, well, I just went and checked his Twitter, which is the first one I went to, and he's still got Syracuse yeah. stuff up there. So that's not entirely yeah. true. So, well, I mean, you right. know, for what it's worth. Because Joe did note to me that he saw Woody yesterday, and he looked like a Mortal Kombat character. So 
it had me wondering. I'm like, well, had no, me- he just he never really looked like he was in a situation where he was expecting to go into the game. So that's really all I meant about that. Uh, but, you know, there's obviously a bunch of games. There's a bunch of people that are intrigued by Woody's because of some of the games that he's had and what he's shown. So obviously if he doesn't play or he doesn't start seeing minutes, then there's going to be people that are going to be asking and speculating anyway. So if there's anything like that, I'm sure we're going to be able to read between the lines from a Jim Beheim comment. Well, and you know, that's the, like, that's how it goes now. Like you said earlier, um, you know, once they start deleting things off of their social media, that's how you know. So, but apparently, as far as I could see, that didn't happen. So, if you heard that, um, just chill. It's fine for right now. Mm. <laughs> uh, Syracuse will hit the road yet again, take on 11 4, 6 and 3 Cardinals. Not much has changed since the preview we already did. And I'll attach that entire preview at the end of what we're about to talk about now because the only thing that really has changed is that they've gone two weeks without any live action. It'll be 16 days by the time they play Syracuse. So we will attach the, the preview that we already did. But to just talk about this real quick, Joe, Louisville sitting 34th. In, in both Ken Palm and the net. That makes this a quad one game. Typically, you don't think about a, a recent pause for a team um, being a benefit to the team on pause, but, uh, you know, which bodes well for Syracuse, I guess, but you just never know. And, you know, either way, it's just a golden opportunity for Syracuse to go on the road and get a quad one win and and put a, put a win streak together. So uh, what do you think, Joe? With that said, too, Virginia Tech also sitting 33rd. So if they keep moving up, that's going to become a quad one win. But what do, you, what do you have to say about the pause, Joe? I mean, it's tough because you, don't, you never know what it's going to do uh, to another team. You don't really know, if, like you said, if they're in a groove and then something happens, if the practice time is going to help. Um, I don't know if they were as obviously they had, they had three games canceled and they haven't played obviously, like you said, so since February 1st. So, um, who knows who is sick? I mean, this is all stuff that we're just not going to know, you know, who is sick? How bad was it? Did they have to quarantine and they couldn't practice? Um, this is all stuff that we really don't know. We just know that there's 16 days since they've had their last game. And it was a 16-point win against Georgia Tech. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to be hungry to get out there and play against somebody else and, and get this season back uh, back rolling. So um, we always knew that this was gonna, not going to be an easy game. But, again, they are they are down. And um, the good start would be stopping Carlick Jones, uh, averaging 17.5 points a game. Um, and keeping them off the boards. I mean, we know that that's, that's really what it's going to be. Uh, they're going to play in-your-face defense. Uh, they're not really going to um, give you too many easy things, and uh, those are really just the, the key things that we got to look at. It's always tough coming off of quarantine. You don't, you know, don't know. You don't know what you're going you to get. Know. So our, exactly. our, our, what we think about the quarantine in Louisville coming off of quarantine is that we don't know. I mean, you're going to get one or the other. And their adjusted defense in Ken Palm is top 30. So the last team that we played that was top 30 or even top 20 for that being said was Clemson. And you saw how hard it was for for us to score. So 
Yeah. So, all right. You just never really know, man. All right. This coming up is the pre recorded preview for Louisville a couple episodes ago. Georgia Tech this afternoon, a 74 to 58 win for the Cardinals. David Johnson had 24 points, went six for 11 uh, from three. Samuel Williamson had 20 points and 18 boards as a six, seven center, uh, by the way, just for the record there. Uh, The all-time series sits at 19 and 10 in favor of the Cardinals. The Orange will try to redeem themselves from last year's 90 to 66 loss against Louisville. Hughes with 25 points and Gerard with 22 points in that loss. Syracuse was four for nine versus Louisville in the Big East. The two teams met twice in the Big East tournament, both times in the finals, and both times the Cardinals came out on top. No longer in the top 25, Joe, after the loss to Clemson. They were ranked Mm -hmm. uh, 39th, according to Ken Palm, and 45th in the net. That makes this a quad two game. So, Joe, it's going to be a quick turnaround for Louisville. What can we expect we've got a uh, Radford transfer, Carlake Jones, uh, who is 6'1", 185. He's leading the team in scoring with 17.8 points. And, um, you know, they're not huge. That's why I'm not that I'm not like super, super anxious about this game, especially with the with the turnaround. What do you think? Nah, I, well, it's weird because when you look at their team, I mean, I look at their team and they have uh, – when you look at their starting Dre Davis starting center, he's a freshman, six five, two hundred twenty pounds. So I don't know if like ESPN has this wrong or if he's really just a guard, but they have center. Uh, but huh. they, yeah, and <laughs> they have another what Samuel Williamson who he had he played thirty minutes and had twenty points and eighteen rebounds uh, today. And he is listed, I think, what is six seven two ten. I, I said all Soft. this already. If, yeah. If you well, listening. I'm sorry, but I'm just letting you know it's kind of weird that these guys have a six. They have a six five and a six seven guy listed as centers. Um, centers. Yeah. As long, uh, along with uh, Gabe Wisnitzer, who is a six eleven two hundred forty pound uh, freshman. So I don't see. I mean, I mean, if they're if they're listed as a center, then they can go down there and they can bang, and there's a reason for it. Um, they um, they kind of move their their uh, substitutions and who they play more minutes based upon the team. Uh, and I do see kind of when you look at the box score and some of these bigger guys, um, they're probably going to be playing more against us versus uh, Minland or Trainer or some of these guys that they throw in when they um, play against three guard uh, teams. So you got those guys that kind <clears> of. <throat> Substitute for the um, the starters, Quinn uh, Slazinski and uh, Jalen Withers, who are uh, six eight and six seven respectively, as far as forwards go. And um, really, the scoring, just like today, obviously uh, Williamson had a day, but David Johnson and Carly Jones, those are the guys. Um, those guys got thirty seven shots today, and that's going to be what they're going to do for us. Uh, I kind of like our matchup because other than Williamson, from what I see, uh, nobody can really score down low. Uh, you take away Williamson, Johnson and Jones today and their team scored 18 points out of the 74. So, be you know, really you got a guard, a really good, a re- be a really actually pretty decent, uh, soft intro back in for Sadibi in a way. 
Yeah, in a way that, it, yes, in a way it would, and we'd be able to see what we have. Uh, obviously, David Johnson went 6 of 11 from 3 today. Uh, Carlick Jones, I know he can hit him too, but he went 0 for 4 in 5 of 17 today. So uh, he had a bad day, so he's probably going to want to make up for that. And he's really the, the guy. He's the only senior. I think he's really the only guy that's above a junior on their team that plays. So it's a really young team. Um but that tra- he was a transfer from Radford, who's averaged 20 points a game last year, and that's kind of the guy they rely on um, to make the plays. And Johnson just looks like a spot-up shooter. But he did have 10 rebounds as well. So um, those were really the guys. And even when I look at the matchup predictor on ESPN, they think they have like us as a 67 or 69% chance of winning the game. So um, I always never really understand that because it looks to me like Louisville is a better team. Um, yeah, but they're not. They're they're. But look, so the AP. Oh crap! I threw out my sheet. The, the AP, you know, has got them. Had them recently in the top twenty-five. And but Ken Palm. I mean, I feel like Ken Palm has got. He has has a. There's a. That's an actual like real formula. It's not just oh, yeah. people. It's not just people watching games or whatever and voting on stuff. Right. So so it. To me, it's more it's more of an accurate depiction of what these teams are, and yeah. they they're forty seventh in Kempom. Yeah, and they're right and, right there with us. Yeah, we're we're thirty ninth. I'm sorry, they're thirty ninth. We're forty seventh. Excuse me. So yeah, statistically speaking, using using Kempom's formula, there you know they are a little bit better of a team. I think it's because of the way they can score. I mean, these guys can score, dude. Uh, this this Jones, this Ooh, James, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, can, yeah. Well, they can score, but their defense is ranked better than their offense. As far as our offense in Ken Palm is ranked higher. As far as offense efficiency is ranked higher than than Louisville's. It's, it's, it's crazy their because they're they're while well, they are averaging 30, 37 rebounds a game too right now. So that's quite a bet. Yeah, well, they're, to, to, when I looked at Ken Palm, when I look at their team, to me, uh, it's a lot of the wins, they, they're they more of a defensive team to me. They're more of a defensive rebounding team, and we're going to make it really, really hard for you to score because it's really not that easy for us, too. So it's going to be the matchup is where – it's kind of really, honestly, where we want it, really. It is where we want it because, I mean, if it was me – you have the two guards, Jones and Johnson, and you just got to take them out of their game. You got to stop them from being able to penetrate and kick and take them off their spots on the three-point line. And obviously, Williamson had a huge game. What He scored 20 points, and he still only averages 8.8 for the season this year. So uh, obviously, he's a guy that's that's getting going and, and starting to carve out a role on that team, especially. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him as a starter uh, come what, Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah. Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, tomorrow's um, Tuesday. I mean, hey, you go 20 and 18, and then the starter only scores or only played 16 minutes, uh, then you're probably going to start. But maybe that's a situation like Kadari and Joe where they wait and see. Um, but those those really are the guys you got to worry about. You want to try to make those big guys score. Which is weird to say, but and they this are, is one of the. They, I'm sorry, they are fourth in the ACC right now, and I mean, they got a good record. Oh yeah, no, they have a good record. Yes, and um, I mean they've beat Virginia Tech, they beat Kentucky, they've beat Pitt. Yeah, but I look at their big guys, and their big guys don't. I don't know. They beat Duke. So I mean, I don't even know if their big guys equal a Helms in in Bates. When I really, really look at the team, and um, 
really what makes this team go is their guards. And obviously seeing when you look at the box score today and you watch the game today, you'd think that that same uh, that Williamson guy is, is an animal, but he didn't even start the game. Right. Still um, paid what? 30 minutes. Played 30 minutes. He's averaging 27 for the for the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, on paper, when I look at them, I mean, I, I looked at their their team and I look at their record and they, oh, they were top 25, but I haven't really got to watch them that much this year. I haven't but, either. It's always tough. But when, but when you look at it as far as when you look at their their box scores and their stats and their, and their lineup and their team and everything, I mean, you pretty much have a bunch of people that are sophomores or younger and – Carlick Jones, who's a transfer senior that, I mean, good at Radford, but this is your first year with these players as well. So um, to me, this is a team that's going to be better by the end of the year. And I know that we're kind of getting there, but um, don't really know. Obviously, they're beatable, right? They just lost to Clemson this weekend. They lost. They got um, – oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't the, the game where Clemson smoked someone. It was close. It was 54 to 50. So they beat right. Duke. That was the game I watched. And it was probably, yeah. I think it was the only game I watched. And, um, I mean, they're a decent team, man. We're, we're going to have to see. I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah. I'm going to give my prediction. Are you going to give a prediction? Well, I, they're a decent. I'm not trying to, like, down. No, 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 no. Team. I know you're it's not. Just, I don't think it's the Louisville of old that we're, it's not our, you know. Yeah, no. This team is like. It's not our father's this is almost, this is almost a This is almost a totally different team. Yeah. Than, than what we've Pretty seen much. in the past couple of years. I mean, you got a bunch of sophomore and freshmen relying on a transfer guard. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they they got a Band-Aid this year because without them. Um, yeah. They, so, I mean, this is probably going to be a lot of these players' first look at our 2-3 zone yeah. and how to even deal with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Cuse Militia with Tron and Joe. I want to thank um, all of you who participated in fan feedback and bet online. Live CBD, and that's it. All right, go Q's, get Louisville. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.